We are at the end of a four-part series dedicated to exercising. In week one, we discussed why we should exercise, how it improves our physical and emotional health, and what to do in the pre-workout phase. In week two, we talked about the workout phase. How much to exercise? Should you change up your routine? Should you exercise when you're sick? And where to get help with your exercise routine options? Last week, we got answers to what is caffeine? Where does it come from? How does it affect the body? Is it okay to use caffeine with exercise? And what are caffeine alternatives? Finally, we're wrapping up with the post-workout. How long to cool down, what to do, what to eat after I'm done. How much do I drink? What stretches to do after working out? Should I take supplements? How to handle muscle soreness? And how to stay motivated to get up and do it again? Okay, I finished working out, so now what? Well, now it's time to stretch, drink water, and eat some food. Drink when you're thirsty. Your food choices will depend on your goals. What's motivating you? Are you a bodybuilder or a health and wellness seeker? Are you trying to lose weight? Lower your cholesterol? How do you handle muscle soreness? Do you listen to your body and go light? Part of having a healthy body is tuning into it and listening to what it tells you. Work with it. Start slow and move your way up. Remember, health is long-term. You have your whole life to enjoy it. Find something you love and make sure it's a part of your routine. Do you love listening to music? Do you enjoy gadgets? Do you love new workout clothes? Be inspired and remember to go easy on yourself. It takes time to make healthy changes. Welcome everybody to Podcast 16. I'm your host, Nikki Sterner, and today we're gonna to be discussing the post-workout. Dr. Kell is joining us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me again on the show. Oh, anytime. We love having you. <laughs> <laughs> it is my show, I guess. Oh, oh well. I didn't yeah. really have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's our show, Nikki. It's our show. Well, it wouldn't be Let's it be wouldn't right. be much of a show without you. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> All right, so let's discuss after I finished working out and I'm going to do a cool down. How long is my cool down and what am I doing? Well, people are probably tired of hearing me say this, but it just depends on who you are and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, everything from the person who just finally got off the catch couch and took a walk around the block. Let's talk about them first. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, uh, we may have a lot of listeners that are that are in that position where they just haven't done anything for a long time, especially because of COVID. And now they want to get back into it, and they've just, they finally got up off the couch, and they went and walked around the block, and now they just came home. And yes. they're like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. And, and uh, so, good question. I would drink some water. Go over and get a glass of water. Okay. Drink some drink of that water. water. What about stretching? Do they need to do stretches? Stretching is good after a workout. Um, now, if they just walked around the block, of course, they probably have very tight muscles, so yes, doing some stretching is good. Um, and uh, in the podcast notes, we'll have information about stretching and different stretching exercises that people can download. Uh, and uh, um, okay, that's good. You know, we don't need to talk about the specific Maybe some stretches videos. Ne necessarily. And, and we, we got to make some videos for the future, Let's right? Make some videos and show they, them your stretches. Uh, <clears throat> so we're going get to get you out there doing those stretches. Yes, they so. work. They, they, they do, do. And, and, uh, and we do them with you here in the office from time to time. So, yes, stretching afterwards. Mild stretching is always best unless you're an extreme athlete and then you may need to get into more. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I, I say uh, if you're a beginner, begin slowly. And uh, maybe some breathing exercises <clears throat> afterwards. Oh, breathing's something. always good. But you're going to if you're 
if you're working yourself, I mean, I've met people that start heavily breathing after having a conversation. Yeah. That's how it's real obvious they haven't done much exercise in a while or they, or they have some kind of lung condition. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, if you go out and take around the walk around the block and you're breathing heavily when you're done, you need to do more of that and do it more consistently and until you can walk around the block without breathing hard and then you can increase your exercise to a to a higher level so slowly gradually you, you work know, up time your walks <clears throat> if you're just going go for a walk time your walks how long it take you today uh, and slowly try to shorten that time hmm. they and then when you're able to you'll know you're getting healthier you're getting better there's your systems your nervous system your uh, vascular system everything's starting to work better um, and you're probably going to start feeling better fairly quickly too by by doing that you typically won't have a lot of muscle soreness um, but muscle soreness is a big one uh, with post-workout and so we're going to talk more about that too what's your next mm -hmm. question um, what do I eat after I'm done well carbohydrates fats and proteins we're always back to those questions aren't we um, and uh, maybe briefly I could mention you know, if you don't know the difference, which I'm surprised how many people don't know the difference, you can go again to to uh, website, um, but uh, to better understand those things. But a brief description: um, fat is what you see on your belly when you look down below. At least I do a little bit here. <laughs> um, that that is a fat. Uh, oils are fats. Um, any, anything you know, uh, butters made from. Uh, uh, different plants and substances we see a lot of in the cosmetics and, and skincare industry. Those butters are made with fat. Um, there's uh, fat coming from milk. You know, you always see the low fat stuff. Um, okay, so fat. Fat has so many calories tied to it based on its weight. Uh, carbohydrates would be the things that the body use, utilizes most quickly for energy and it's more easily converted. Um, so those would be the sugars. Um, fruits, fruits tend to have more of those in them, uh, in the form of fructose. Um, you've got, uh, um, on top of that, of course, everything out there that we have that's processed seems to have sugar in it, um, and that's considered a carbohydrate. Uh, easily assimilated, um, used up, and uh, what the body doesn't use, it stores and it converts to fat and stores on your body. Uh, the same with fat itself. Fat is harder to, oh, carbohydrates are the easily, most easily digested. Uh, then you have fats that are a little harder to digest the fats. Body uses a little more energy in digesting those fats. Uh, hence you see the keto diets, which tend to be higher in fat and protein. Um, you know, the low, original low carb diets like Atkins were high protein um, uh, and I mean, probably probably more protein than fat. Keto diets have gone to more fat than protein. Um, we'll talk about that some other time um, because uh, we do want to get into diets and dieting. Um, have my own diet book coming out before long too. Um, they, uh, but anyway, about about the post workout and the and the foods you should eat. So proteins harder to digest, uh, burn more energy, burn more calories, um, and. Uh, your body needs nutrition after a workout. If it's a mild workout, you're probably not, uh, you know, let's be realistic. If you're heavy and you're just trying to get started again, focus on getting moving again. Uh, don't stress out about changing your diet. 
just get to moving. Once you get up and get to moving and start feeling a little better, a little different, uh, then then start looking at your eating habits and, and changing those up. Uh, I tend to believe that, though, if you're already a little, you know, past that stage and you're now, you go in and you go, you're the daily person who goes and works out every day, or maybe you're not trying to train for anything specifically, but you like going to the gym and putting in a half hour, hour workout, whatever it might be. You're not a bodybuilding. You're not trying to, you know, perform or, or you know, in some show or, or, or whatever. You're just the average person who exercises. Uh, that I would tend to, again, eat le- less carbohydrates, um, more protein, more fat. Fats are really good for recovery. Proteins are really good for recovery. You've, if you've gone and had a moderate workout, you've torn muscle. Uh, we could talk a little bit about, which is always a question, is why am I sore after a workout? Um, for years, it was like, oh, it's the lactic acid building up in the muscles. There is lactic acid that builds up in the muscles, but more research is showing that that's not what causes the, the pain. Uh, the pain is due to inflammation. You've torn tissue. It's repairing itself. Fluids, fluid is uh, coming. You know, the body's sending more uh, fluid to the area, and the cells are swelling and holding and retaining that uh, fluid to help heal because there's nutrients in that fluid, minerals that heal those cells. And some of those cells die. You kill, cells are dying off and being uh, um, regenerated, and and some of that is part of the inflammatory process too. But um, so you're saying muscle soreness is from inflammation? Yes. The pain, pain in, if you feel pain in your body, mm-hmm. it's typically due to some form of pressure. A lot of the pressure felt in the body is produced from increased inflammation. Uh, so fluid has, has increased. And uh, so if you put more fluid in an area, it creates pressure, outward pressure on whatever it's stuck into. The same thing with muscles. Those cells have arrived fluid. Uh, they've stretched. They're, they're healing because some of those cells have torn and been damaged. And so that whole process creates more fluid in the area. That fluid creates more pressure, which that pressure puts pressure on the nerves and you feel pain. So, and so by reducing the pressure, you will feel less pain. So what I recommend after a, after a, a workout and typically you don't feel that pain immediately. If you do, you've really hurt yourself. Um, typically, the pain comes on within a day or two or three if you haven't worked out in a while. And, and the people that work out consistently don't, after you know a few workouts and a few weeks, you don't tend to feel as much as a, of it unless you go do a heavy workout that you're not used to or you're doing a different kind of workout and working different muscles. Then you'll notice it later. Uh, after that usually lasts for a few days when you start feeling that what I tell people is drink a lot of water and go out and do light exercise exercise lightly those muscles that are repairing Um, you don't want to do a heavy workout until that pain goes away because you don't when the pain goes away you know the tissues have healed Um, and so or at least the inflammation gone they still may be somewhat in the healing process uh, 48 to 72 hours after after a workout but that's why I recommend if, if you're someone who's just wanting to be fit and increase your endurance, um, daily runs, daily workouts aren't aren't as harsh on your body as a bodybuilder who goes in and really tears his muscles up. Uh, he needs more time to heal, and so I don't recommend bodybuilders work, working out daily, and a lot of them today don't. You know, they'll work out heavily for a day or two and take a day in between at least, sometimes two, um, and cycle through those through those workouts. 
What about like supplements and stuff? Like I know we've done glutamine before in our family when we have muscle soreness. Well, there's all kinds of things you can take. Um, and so, you know, the supplement industry is a multi-billion dollar industry as well. And uh, what, what they've done is they've looked at what in the body, it, you know, what substances help heal the muscles and they've put them into capsules. Uh, some synthetic, some from natural sources. I always tell people to go to the natural sources, make sure the supplements you're taking are food-based products. Uh, they come from nature. They're not synthesized in a lab. Um, your body uses, utilizes, you know, yeah, okay, research in some cases. I have a cousin who's a chemist, and he often says, oh, there's no difference between a synthetic, synthetic and a natural vitamin. Well, you know what? God made it a certain way, or the great creator, whatever you want to call him. The simple fact is, is, is everything you know, placed on the earth or that exists in nature that we can consume uh, exist in a combination of, of substances. And oddly enough, those substances in the right combination are the most beneficial to us. So that's why I say get it from nature. Because just because they picked one little cell, oh, I picked out some vitamin A out of this carrot. The carrot has all kinds of other nutrients in it. So now I've created a synthetic vitamin A. Okay, take this synthetic vitamin A. Well, great. The vitamin A in and of itself may be good, but you know, it's a whole lot better when it's combined with all the other stuff. And your body uses, utilizes it differently and better when it's combined with all the other natural occurring substances in that vegetable or fruit. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a question for you. So what if I'm the average exerciser who does it three to four days a week for 30 minutes to an hour? How much do I need to drink after I'm done exercising of fluids, water, electrolyte-based really depends on you. I, I tell people to drink when they're thirsty. Um, if they're healthy, your body's going to tell you when you need more. Um, now, if you're not healthy, you know, what do they, they tell the average person to drink a half gallon to a gallon, not more than, typically more than a gallon a day. You can overdo it too. People have died from too much water. Mm. Um, you know, eight glasses is often the, the you know, eat, eat, eat eight glasses. Well, what's eight glasses? If it, eight ounces in a glass, that's basically a half a gallon of water a day, mm. um, 64 ounces. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's... A rough estimate. Drink when you're thirsty. Yeah, drink when you're thirsty, I always say. And, and uh, you know, if you've got a problem with never feeling thirsty, well, then yeah. you, ought to, you ought to have a, uh, you know, if you're supposed to have ha have that uh, eight glasses of water a day, well, s spread it out over the day, you know. Mm -hmm. um, figure, divide that by the number of hours, hours you're awake and, and have that glass of water every two hours or whatever you might decide to make it. Yeah. Make sense? What about um, the stretches? What types of stretches um, do you recommend? Again, depends on the person and, and what they're doing. And we did mention that a little bit earlier. Um, but uh, What are some of your favorites? What are my, some of my favorites? Well, it depends on what muscles I'm working. Mm -hmm. um, if I go work my biceps out at the gym, that's what I want to be stretching. If, if I go for a walk... How so do you stretch your bicep? How do you stretch your bicep? Well, yeah. you, what is the motion of the bicep? What does it do? Curls your arm, right? Yeah, curls your arm. So I'm bringing the muscle together by curling my arm. So how am I going to stretch that? You put your I arm out straight. And yes, you can bend your wrist. Bend your so, wrist. so bringing your wrist back um, because you're hyperextending the elbow okay. is going to help stretch your bicep, but it's also your wrist is getting your, your, forearm. your, your forearm flexors. 
which are always tight, and a lot of people have forearm pain. I can poke into almost anybody's forearm and feel tenderness in that muscle because we're always working on the computer. Oh, yeah, that's true. Always typing away. Mm -hmm. uh, carpal tunnel is a common disorder with, with computer people, uh, and yeah. that's a good stretch for, for those kinds of people to stretch out that forearm. What uh, about, like, runners and walkers? Runners and walkers, uh, you need to stretch the lower extremity. So they need to stretch. Touch their, your toes. They need to stretch. Uh, you know, they do pound the low back. Um, they, uh, um, the one thing that I say running is hard on is, uh, I remember when we had running with Gina on the show. Coach when Gina. Gina. Coach Gina was here. Um, she said that it's a, it's, it's, it's a, um, a fallacy or, or a falsehood that, that running is bad for your knees. It is bad for your knees if you have misalignment in the knee or the muscles are imbalanced. But if you correct those imbalances, then it isn't hard on the knee. Um, similar, mm -hmm. similar to the low back. A uh, low back pounds pounds on the on the vertebrae and the discs in your back. If you've got a lot of back problems and degenerative discs, running is not a good exercise for you to do. Uh, walking would be better um, because the more impact you create the, on the whole body, the more impact you create on the spine. In the discs and the joints. Um, so if you're already pretty well damaged, doing more of it uh, isn't necessarily going to help heal it. Um, correcting the muscle imbalances and then finding the right exercises for you are, is really the key. And doing the right stretches. Just think about what muscles am I working in my workout and stretch those muscles. Um, if I've just done a glute workout, I need to stretch my glutes. Uh, I've done a bunch of squats, I need to stretch, stretch my glutes. You know, if you've done it, Do you like active stretching or what's the other one? Um, there's static and active stretching. Static and active. Static would be, um, you know, I, I call yoga, um, though I'm going to have, I'm going to get phone calls from yoga instructors. They, uh, um, I tend to look at yoga as more of a static form of stretching. Uh, you get into one position and you just stretch, 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 stretch. Where, um, but some of it is active as well. And, and the reason it is is because if you contract Okay, look, look at your muscles. You have uh, what we call agonist and antagonist muscles. Muscles that work against each other. And neurologically, they should, one, this, this is one of the reasons why stretching is so important. Uh, it's, it's, uh, if you haven't worked out in a while, your muscles, are, your neurological system's out of balance. And normally, well, let's say when I contract my bicep, my tricep will relax. Because uh, you've got your, your the arm on the back of your the muscle on the back of your arm upper arm is your tricep the one in the front is your bicep, so when I contract the bicep my tricep should relax and vice versa, um, so those are opposing muscles and uh, and so one needs to relax for the other one to fully function, uh, that's a neurological process that comes through the brain, and that can get messed up. Same thing happens with your triceps or uh, I'm sorry, your quadriceps and your hamstrings. Quadriceps are on the front of your upper thigh, Try hamstrings are on the back of your upper thigh. Uh, the, the hamstrings and the glutes, they work together. Glutes are on, on your, you know, or what form your buttocks. And when it comes to stretching, you just gotta figure out, okay, what muscles did I use in my workout? Those are the ones I need to stretch. And then go from there. So if you have a muscle imbalance, how do you correct that? Um, by doing the active stretching. Active stretching is really beneficial. So, for instance, let's say let's do it on my arm. So here, here I'm I'm just trying 
trying to uh, uh, stretch my bicep. Let's say I work out my biceps all the time in the gym and, and, and I can no longer fully extend my arm because my bicep's so strong. My <laughs> arm, arm always sits bent. You've seen those guys and ladies in the gym where they work out and they're walking around kind of like the Hulk because their arms are in front of them and their, their ar- elbows are bent because they can't fully straighten their arm out because their bicep is so strong and, and, oh. and so contracted. Okay. So to do that kind of a, a stretch, I could just sit here and push on the outer part of my arm they could just push 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 and that would be a static stretch okay an active stretch would be to put it in not fully extended position but usually what i do with people is put them in three positions so i've got the arm slightly bent i i with my other hand put resistance again the hand and i contract that muscle and then i bring the muscle to the level as far as it'll go so let's say i can't fully extend it but i'm I'm gone as far as i can go and so i can push on it and do a static stretch on it. Or what I can do is I can push on it and then contract the muscle against my hand. So I'm contracting, contracting, contracting. By that, what's happening during that contraction is it's teaching the tricep to relax mm-hmm. and it's getting the muscle to contract. It's contracting those muscle fibers, which enables them to stretch more. It's, it's activating the muscle spindles, which allow the muscle to stretch more after you contract it. So immediately after contraction, the muscle will release. And so then you get a farther distance. I can get that muscle mm-hmm. to stretch farther by doing an active stretch. And I usually try to push for maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be that long, five, 10 seconds push, let go, stretch it more. And then you can give a little push to stretch it more. Um, it's always good to do active stretches with a partner, but you can do them all on your own. You've got nobody around you. Um, but the rule of thumb is when you're done working out, take five minutes, stretch out those muscles, You'll find that uh, over time, your physical activity or ability to perform different functions, you know, whatever it might be, uh, will improve. Um, you need to be flexible. Uh, the flexibility improves your your uh, circulation of your blood, overall function of your muscles, uh, along with the exercise. So I, I, I see stretching and active stretching just as important as the physical activity. Mm-hmm. It just has different benefits. Yeah. So how do I stay motivated so I can get up and want to do it again the next day or the day after? Well, like anything in life for me, Nikki, to be motivated requires um, benefit from the thing I'm doing. So if I go out and I do something and I work hard at it and and let's say I spend hours and hours and hours on it and all of a sudden look at it and go, I didn't get the result I was after or or. I didn't really uh, don't really see the benefit from it. Um, I'm not likely to keep doing it unless I think that eventually I will see it. Um, and so that eventual believing that you'll see it will keep you going. Or m- best of all, though, is to to look and see what what's it done for me so far. Um, and if you haven't seen that it's done anything for you so far, you need to change up what you're doing. And it may not be that, and I know that it isn't actually that, that it's started exercising and, and you know what, I've gone a week now and I walked on the block every day and I feel like crap now. Hey, uh, that could happen. Um, but what you need to do is you need to change up what you're doing. Maybe, maybe a block's too far. Uh, maybe a half a block. Um, maybe you're not drinking the water afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you're, you're, you, you're, you haven't gotten to a point to where you're changing your diet any. You've got lots of gut, you know, health, our health, I would say the number one factor in our health, which is unrelated to exercise, but is our stomach, our gut, our whole, from the stomach all the way out the other end, the way it all functions and works because the nutrient, we put the food in, 
it's digested in a certain way, then it goes through the intestines, it's absorbed and it's utilized a certain way in our body. And uh, if we're poisoning it with all kinds of crappy food, um, it's going to affect everything else. If we're putting in good stuff, it's going to utilize that. Everything goes back to the gut. Mm-hmm. So for someone who's having issues, um, not finding benefit immediately, I say don't give up, keep going, long-term benefit will come, um, unless there's un- some serious underlying problem. As we always say, if you're going to start an exercise program of any kind, um, go seek out a healthcare professional that can actually, knows what they're doing and can advise you on it. Um, and doesn't it take like some time to actually feel good when you're exercising? Like if you've never exercised before in your life, it's not like somebody who's been exercising as an athlete growing up, you know, their body responds quicker. Get... Right. It's going to take a little time for the body to get used to the change. Um, so it might that's be two weeks say, before yeah, you... Yeah, it could be. It, it, uh, you, need to, you need to get into it slowly. Uh, the funniest thing you've seen, and I'm guilty of it too, um, don't do it anymore, but um, people haven't worked out for a while, and then they're like, they saw some video or some friend motivated them some way and now they're off to the gym and they get in there the first day and they've worked out off and on throughout their life you know had periods where they were pretty steady and you know they say the average person who 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 joins a gym works out for three months and and gyms make most their gyms make most their money off people not coming in not on people coming in and they know that if they can sign someone up to the gym within three months they probably won't be coming back very often at all in the first month they might come you know frequently almost daily some daily and some every few days and then they tend to taper off slow down and to the point to where they're not doing it anymore and that's where they make a lot of their money um anyway you're getting you're getting into that program you don't want to overdo it uh you don't want to go too hard when you Start working out. Now we're getting back to the pre-workout, so aren't we? So would you say how to stay motivated? Maybe find something that you enjoy doing, number one. Number two, maybe there's a class at your gym or music that you like. like something that inspires you That's to great. keep going, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and and uh, it always helps to have a at friend. least a friend. Um, you know, you can go to have the trainer help you initially. I always recommend that, going to have a trainer if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, you, you can share your goals with the trainer, and he can train you to do the kind of exercises that will help you achieve the goal that you want to achieve. Um, everything from generalized to, hey, I just want to f- be healthier and increase my endurance, um, which is one way to do, of doing things and, and training to, I want to um, really impress other people, and so I want to build muscle and, and, and look buff. Um, it's a different, different, whole different way of training. To do that. Yeah. A lot of people in our neighborhood I see walking in like pairs, you know, because it's more fun to walk with somebody to talk or they'll take their dog yes. out, get a, get a pet if you, yes. need, if you need a walking partner. Yes. So once you're done with the trainer, you got to keep the trainer's not going to be with you forever. So you're, you hit it, the nail on the head. You're going to be you're going to last longer, do it longer and be more involved if you have a friend doing with it. You know, you see I see a lot of ladies getting together and doing walking groups. You know, they get mm-hmm. their friends and meet two or three times a week and go walk a mile or two or three. And in between, you know, it motivates them to still go do it on their own. That's that's a simple thing. Um, so. Yeah, maybe then it becomes more of a lifestyle instead of just, uh, oh, I have to do this. It becomes fun. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. just part of who and, you are. And the other part, I think, that is really important, the emotional side of all this, especially in the post-workout, is... Give yourself a break. You know, it takes time to make changes. It can, if you're if you're not doing steroids or growth hormones, um, you there are a lot of 
actually a lot of supplements out there that can boost your, your muscle building if you're really into bodybuilding that, that can help increase your mass naturally. Um, they've, they've improved a lot of these things that, uh, again, alter. They, again, are they the most healthy? Hard to say. Time will tell, but they, uh, they are uh, working on your body chemistry. And so they're altering your body chemistry and, and, and going beyond what's normal and natural, what your body would normally do. And it can cause muscle to grow. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think if you really want to be healthy and well, just generally, come up with a daily exer exercise routine that gets your heart pumping, tones your muscles, um, helps you reach your body's balance level, wherever that might be for you. Um, it's healthy not to have a big tire around your belly. It's healthy not to have a lot of stored fat anywhere on your body. Um, you should try to reduce that as much as possible to have some there. You know, yeah, you ought to have some on your body. You do need some fat stores. Your muscles and uh, will store fat. Your liver will store fat. Um, but having the extra uh, on the end is, is not overall healthy for you. But the emotional side of things, um, give up, you know, don't beat yourself up. It takes time. Uh, you're not going to see instant results uh, for most people. That's why I say results should really be not based on looking in the mirror. It should be on how you feel. Yeah. So I know with COVID, there's been a lot of like um, exercise apps that are created or online workouts out there. So there's ways to be creative to keep yourself motivated. Oh, there's a ton of those apps. Yeah. Go yeah. find an app. Go find an app you like, and it'll have exercise routines. It'll have diets and foods you can eat. Um, not saying all those diets that they give you are, are good ones. Uh, again, depends on your goals. A bodybuilder's uh, diet is going to be different uh, and different based on whether he's he's uh, loading up or, or slimming down. Um, and uh, a runner's diet is going to be different. Uh, the diet of someone who's just starting out is going to be different too. What about like working out twice a day? Is that too much? Twice or? a day. Um, it depends. It really depends on, on what you're doing it for. Um, things like running. I think running twice a day is probably okay. You don't, unless you, you know, like Gina, Coach Gina talked about, um, she, one of the biggest things she tells her runners who are having issues with injuries or, or mm -hmm. trying to improve on their times is they train and they run too quickly, they run too fast, and she slows them down. Mm. Um, and one of the benefits of slowing down and running, you know, more like a jog than, than running hard, you know, when you're out there running long distance, um, is that you don't tend to injure the muscles as much. You're uh, um, maintaining your toning, you're, you're improving the elasticity of the tissues, improving the strength of the muscles, uh, not so much breaking them down to enlarge them. Whereas a bodybuilder, he's doing the opposite. He's going to beat the crap out of them so that they swell and get bigger and, and, and heal in a larger state than they, they did before. Hmm. Um, so the answer to your question is, should you exercise twice a week? If you're a bodybuilder, I don't recommend it. Uh, if you're a runner, um, yeah, you're probably okay to do that depending on the intensity of your runs. What about like your target heart rate? Is there certain number to watch you know, for? That, there's so much different research out there about heart rate and, and when you're burning. They say you're burning more fat. If you can just consistently get your heart rate above 120 beats a minute, that's better for your heart. They say if you get it over 120 beats a minute uh, during your exercise for 10 to 20 minutes a day, that, that's beneficial too. 
Um, and mm -hmm. it, the research really varies. Uh, consider what's, what's standing heart rate or your, or your mm. uh, sitting heart rate where you're relaxed. Uh, mm -hmm. My heart rate, if I took my pulse right now, would probably be around 62, 65 mm -hmm. beats per minute. Um, I've done a lot of exercise and work out over the years, so my heartbeat, that's a little slower. The average heart rate of an adult is around 72 to 76 beats mm. per minute. Um, I say getting your, you know, if I go get on the treadmill, I at least want to get my heart rate up over 100, um, you know, for a steady length of time. And, uh, you know, a bodybuilder, he's going to have short bursts. He's going to be pumping iron for you know, 12, 10, 12 reps, his heart rate's going to increase during that time, and then it slows down. They say mm -hmm. uh, it depends on your goals. You, you can play with your heart rate as far as it benefiting your routine and, and your goal um, based on what you want to do. You know, are you trying to lose weight? There's different types of exercises you should be doing. Uh, ones that uh, increase your heart rate quickly and have it drop off quickly. Go back and forth, back and forth. That actually speeds up your metabolism more than it would be if you just did a steady pace of so many beats a minute. So there's a lot of science behind heart rate and, and what it mm -hmm. effects are on the body as well, but it always increases your blood pressure. Mm. You know that, but it but it also tends to, the person who exercises consistently will consistently have typically a lower blood pressure and a lower pulse. Mm. Um, but it'll get up there, it, the body, you know, it'll also get up there faster, for instance, a very unhealthy person who gets on a treadmill, their heart rate might burst quickly, you know, once they don't have to do a whole lot and their heart's pounding harder and faster. Um, but somebody who consistently exercises, uh, you know, they can, they could exercise at a pace and maintain it down at 100 or in the 90s. Um, for someone who is unhealthy, they might be running 150, 160 beats a minute at that same level of, of exercise or more. You know, so it's very careful. People need to, that's another thing you should do if you're not used to working out and you're just getting started is um, get yourself, uh, uh, I'd go out and get yourself a watch that'll, that'll uh, take your uh, heart rate, it'll keep your pulse, it'll, you can read your pulse and your oh, respiration. They have those things. And, and yeah, and uh, uh, monitor that because uh, it's easy. Well, again, your heart's one of those things that you don't necessarily know or you're aware of it, it's beating, um, unless you're really quiet and you can feel it or hear it that way. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you feel like you can hear it beating. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, when you're exercising, you're even less aware of what's going on in there and um, um, you don't want your heart rate to get up too much, or your blood pressure to get up too much, especially when you first begin a exercise program. And it might keep you um, interested in what you're doing. Like the more it's always good to have gadgets. You, yeah, you know, that's why going out and buying new clothes and and uh, you know periodically getting new outfits and things like that are kind of tend to be motivating to some people. Yeah, new outfits. Um, there you go. You know, because you're, you're starting something new and and to maintain it, keep it going, uh, uh, change it up. You know, if you're getting bored and you're you're getting too distracted and not wanting to go work out, um, change up your routine. Uh, reset your goals. Um, mm -hmm. You know, try to make some more, more work, you know, more friends to get some, get get your workout buddy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe you need to change your workout buddy. Your workout buddy should somebody, <laughs> be somebody who encourages you, and helps you, not uh, um, is jealous of you and and criticizes <laughs> you for things. You know, so if if you got a toxic uh, 
Toxic buddy, change that up too. Yes. And if you're For a toxic sure. buddy, stop now. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was let's just summarize what we went over for the post-workout so the cool down can be anywhere from five minutes of stretching to as long as you need yeah oh by the way use, using a foam roller i like it after the workout oh foam roller okay you know and again uh, i i uh, um most, pe most people think most people think uh, that that foam roller um is to be rolled back and forth across the muscle and that is one way to use it it's called a roller but uh what you're trying to do, and, and that does help loosen and stretch the muscle um, a little bit, um, but what you're really, one of the big benefits you can use that roller for for is uh, helping to break down myofascial adhesions. And if you take take your hand, Nikki, and run it down the side of your leg, can you, can you feel any sore spots? Yeah. A specific pinpointed sore spots? Mm -hmm. That's typically an adhesion. There's inflammation there. Um, and the reason that's where the tissues have started sticking together may have you may have injured yourself there one time or maybe just overuse. Um, the tissues were torn. They healed and kind of bound together as they healed. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like an internal scarring in a way. But you have a layer of skin, then the fascia, which is the white connective tissue, and then the muscle. Normally mm -hmm. the muscle slides back and forth on the, on the tissue without uh, any problem. But if there's an injury or overuse uh, in a muscle, you get spots of inflammation. When it heals, the tissues stick together oh. and they form a little knot. Um, or a tender, tender. When I, if I push there and I feel tender, there's an excess amount of fluid in there. And typically, mm -hmm. in an adhesion, it, it kind of remains chronically swollen because it's trying to heal itself. Oh. Um, problem is, it's not getting fully healed. The tissue, the cells are not letting the fluid release properly. And so, by applying pressure to that spot, you can take your thumb and just dig at it and hold it. It doesn't feel very good, and it hurts, but you just apply constant pressure to it. Um, and that helps break it down. Uh, the foam roller does the same thing. You can just lay on that in, when you find a, a, a tender spot and let that pressure break it down. So is it kind of like scar tissue from a surgery? That this it's just yeah, like that, a hard that spot, scar tissue from surgery. Surgery is much, most of the time, far more significant. Or if you cut yourself and you got to sew it up, that's a much heavier scar than than I would say the majority of adhesions are. But adhesions can be a lot more if the tissue, if the muscle tissue is excessively torn, then you're going to have a bigger, more bound up adhesion. But okay. beating on it and applying pressure to it helps break it, break it up. And that's what you want to do. You want to restore normal circulation. You can get those adhesions to where that's one of the things we do with patients um, is just keep beating them up, breaking them down until that pain's gone. And once the pain's gone, you know, all that's healed up and functioning normally again, because the cells are now uh, no longer swollen. Oh, okay. All right, so we talked about also what to eat after. Yeah. Sounded like nutritious food, uh, protein's good, and fats for recovery. Yeah, and, and carbohydrates, again, it depends what we're trying to do. A bodybuilder, if he's in a building phase, he's going to pound the carbs and the protein uh, and typically not have a lot of fat. And the fat, I don't, think, oh. they, I don't think a lot of those diets they've created have enough fat in with that, but some do. Um, but they're, they're calorie Loading. Oh, calorie loading. Calorie loading. I don't want to say carbohydrate loading, but typically you're having a lot of carbs and a lot of protein at the same time. The two combine together to rebuild muscle, and that's why a lot of a lot of uh, oh. uh, the research shows that if you have the protein drink, you're trying to build the muscle. Um, you want you want to mix that pro some carbohydrates in with the protein drink because um, that helps the the carbo protein in the presence of carbohydrates helps assimilate. Um, 
once those all those things are broken down into amino acids, it helps it helps those amino acids get get absorbed and utilized by the muscles in the presence of glucose. Oh, okay. So, so that's why a lot of times they'll tell you to, to you know, have the two together. Mm. Um, and uh, again, it all goes back to your goals, and that can be a podcast in the future on, on those specific issues Same too. Goals. If you're, you know, we talked about, you know, you know, maybe have 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 the bodybuilding coach in, have the running. We've had the running coach. Maybe we have the hiking coach, and 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 many others mm-hmm. do in the future. Yeah. So we can get specific about uh, diets, post post, you know post-exercise activity and, and all that yeah. and the kind of foods they eat because they, they can be different. Generally, there's a lot of overlap, but, but you, for the most improvement and, and to reach those goals, you, you oftentimes need to specifically eat for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And drink when you're thirsty and do static or active stretching, depending on if you have muscle imbalances also. Yeah. In fact, I... I you know, call my therapy active release therapy. Active release. Active, active release therapy. Um, so we, we, like in here, uh, somebody comes in with an injury and they're recovering, you know, we work on uh, helping those muscles um, not only heal, but in healing in the process, we keep the adhesions from forming. Um, and by keeping the muscles stretched actively, uh, it keeps the whole thing uh, healing correctly and so in the end you come out more normal than you would have otherwise. I like more normal. Yes. That's good. <laughs> healthy and well, right? That's yes. what we're trying to get you back to health health and wellness. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for all that information today. Is there anything else that we missed in the summary? No, I probably bored everybody today. <laughs> they, uh, no. um, but uh, yeah, I think we covered, you know, these first three segments on exercise were all about kind of covering the basics. And then as time goes on, we'll get more focused on specific topics. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone, today. We hope you learned something. And please share the podcast with a friend or family member if you did. And we look forward to talking with you next week. Thanks again. Thank you, Nikki. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double-check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, 
podcast, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kel Fullerton and Eric Hammond and host Nikki Sterling. Mm-hmm.